Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. The weather today will be a high of minus 10 degrees in Edmonton, minus 8 degrees in Calgary, minus 13 degrees in Saskatoon, and 3 degrees in Toronto. Thanks, Evie. Good morning, everybody. Broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Come join the live show, bring your questions, get them answered. Take those answers. Turn them all around. Into action. That's what it's all about. <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for joining the live show. If you guys are joining live, if you guys listen to the recordings, that's fantastic too. Um, actually, there's a, there's some people that have, that didn't even know, and I have to, I, I guess I have to say it, that this the, the podcast recordings for those of you guys that listen to the live show are uh, are are uploaded to all of the major podcast platforms. So you can watch on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, whichever. Um, yeah, so. If you can't make the live show, there's there's also recordings as well. Um, what do we got going on today? Well, we have the last day to get in on the top fan contest. <clears throat> yes, yes. Um, last day of the month, folks. So um, that was another thing I've been uh, explaining to a few people uh, recently. So we have a we have a a contest we do every month on the show um, to reward our loyal live listeners. So when you join into the show um, on the live app, you can see there's a heart button. You can click that every 300 night, seconds, every 300 seconds, um, which gives you a heart um, as well. You can, you can share the show, share the show. Um, so by clicking uh, through the app and sharing it to Twitter and, and um, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that stuff, Facebook, um, that gives you hearts as well. So when you engage with the show, you get hearts. And at the end of the month, what we do is we we look and see who has the most hearts for the month. And uh, we take the top five um, fans and we put their names into a drop. So first place gets uh, five ballots. Second place gets four ballots. Three gets three. Um, fourth gets two. And fifth gets one. Uh, and then we throw them into a hat or a cup or whichever we can find. And uh, we pull a name out. And the winner uh, gets two free coaching calls. Yeah, with Wayne. It's pretty awesome. Um, so this is actually the last month we're going to be doing the the two free coaching calls. I mean, we may do it again, but we're going to start switching it up every month and uh, having different prizes. So for, this is the last month for now that uh, we're going to be doing two free coaching calls. So very excited for that. Uh, we will be taking all of the top five listeners. Uh, at the end of the show today, and uh, we'll be doing the draw tomorrow morning. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, indeed. <laughs> so who do we got joining the show today? All right. Well, I hear that uh, JD made it numero uno this morning. The real one? The real one. The real JD. Uh, I was a little disappointed. I thought I might have just slid in there just in time, but I didn't. Mm -mm -mm. So good morning, JD. Good morning, Eric and Listina. Good morning, Sheila, Don, Elray. Good morning to Nat and Heshna, Joshua, good morning to Philip, and Cody and Ken. Good Ken's here. Match. Ken. Ken. Ken, 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 Ken. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Courtney and Alan. Sorry, Courtney. <laughs> Sorry, Alan. Good morning, Matt. <laughs> Good morning to Garrett and Denis. Garrett says back. I guess he was missing. I mean, yeah, oh. I noticed. <laughs> Actually, how did I not notice? Garrett's such a little 
shit disturber in the in the comments normally. <laughs> Where have you been, Garrett? Working hard? Hardly working? Good morning, Matt Cassidy. <laughs> Good morning, Chastin and Jagger. Justin, Nasir. Happy Tuesday. Oh, so great to see all these people here. Yeah. Good morning. I Okay, I think I missed something in the comments here. Nat says, or Gabby. I can choose Gabby if I win. Oh, oh, for a call. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yep. Absolutely. Um, Good morning, Patrick. Uh, they're referring to the the winner of the top fan. You can uh, book the the calls with Gabby for coach calls. Hey, um, is your calendar open? Or am no. I putting you on the spot? It's not. It's not open yet. You're way too big. No, I, I. Will it ever be open? Will, will it ever be open? Will like will it? <laughs> you've you've never opened your calendar. Uh, just for um, for my real estate investing mastermind group uh, okay. discovery calls. Okay. Maybe in the future? Maybe in the future. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, good morning, Taylor. I, I I feel like she's East Coast good good morning alls us and I just good butchered morning. it. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, How did I do, Taylor? There goes our five East Coast listeners. <laughs> hey, she put it in there like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> oh, oh man. goodness gracious. Yep. Who Kyle says who won? Who won what? Oh, maybe he's just coming in a little bit late and just doesn't Top know. fan? Yeah. It's tomorrow. Draws tomorrow. Draws tomorrow. Draws tomorrow. Good morning, Jeff. Uh Taylor gives me four and a half stars. Okay, that's good. Little room for improvement, but did really well. I like it. Oh, on your okay, yeah. got it. Uh <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier. Good morning, guys, Angie. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. As I mentioned earlier, guys, let's uh let's get your questions in. Uh so we got some uh Something to talk about today. Some stuffs to talk about. Yeah, let's give them something to talk about. Um, we don't have any banked questions left over. Uh, in the meantime, uh, other <clears throat> don't give me the standard answer. Other than taxes, what do we got going on right now? Uh, well, Taylor wants to know if we're taking calls. Taking calls for what? Like right now, Tay Tay? Yeah, click the call in button. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, besides taxes, what do we have going on? We have a couple of uh, tenant renewals that need to happen that have been uh, put off because of taxes. So uh, that'll be uh, something that needs to be tackled today. Nice. Um, what else do we have going on? What else do we have? A couple of mortgage renewals. A couple of mortgage renewals in the works, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, maybe we can talk about that uh, <laughs> that call that we had the other day. On, was it Sunday? Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. We have those UHT forms, UHT 2900s that we need to fill out. You guys got any of those? Heard of that? Underutilized housing tax, targeting foreign owned property. Oh, Taylor was there, but then she left. Oh. She said, I ain't waiting for this shit. Come back, Tay Tay. Oh, well. Okay. <clears throat> there she is. <clears throat> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. We uh, do you having a dance party? We hear some music in the background there. No, sorry, I'm just at a restaurant. Oh, okay. Um, oh, Sam they, restaurant. Took the bar. No. It's one of those ones that don't close. <laughs> Wait, don't give away my secrets. <laughs> morning. Um, good morning. Uh, wondering if you guys could speak to. I think somebody touched on it yesterday but living either on site or near some of the properties that you rent and or manage. So like in a case of either fourplex, triplex, uh, or even the suited property living in one of the, one of the units kind of pros cons. And would you even consider managing those living so close yourself or would you prefer to have that managed by a, a property manager? Okay. Yeah. We can dive into that for sure. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. You're welcome. Enjoy yourself. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. Um, uh, okay, let's uh, let's take a word, uh, take a second here, and and uh, a quick little commercial break, and then we'll get back into that discussion and uh, and anything else that pops up. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Let's cool. do it. 
Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. <laughs> so if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. New to real estate? Stuck? Maybe you need quick cash. Wholesaling is a strategy that can fit almost any investor, but it has to be done right. Hi, I'm real estate lawyer Barry McGuire, and I'm here to help. Join me in Calgary on March 18th for a full day deep dive into wholesaling. Space is limited, so reach out to Wayne and Gabby right away for their special offer. And we are back. And, and a quick word on that uh, that special offer. Anyone that that offer ends today. Um, so Barry McGuire's wholesaling course is on March 18th in Calgary. Anyone who joins, if you've been on the fence about joining, anyone who joins the Real Estate Investing Master's Mentorship Program before the end of today is also going to get free entry into the wholesaling workshop in Calgary on March 18th. Uh, it's a $1,500 workshop. So you're getting that for free. You're getting in for free. Um, I'm going to be at that workshop. Yep. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's at the Clique Hotel, which is a really, really nice hotel. It is. Um, in, it, in Calgary. Okay. I won't talk about the beds. Go ahead. Well, go ahead and talk about the beds. <laughs> talk about the beds. It's got LED strip lighting under the beds. It's pretty fancy. You can change the colors. Yeah, they have it set it's up as purple, but it's it's the, you can change it to whoever you want. Um, it's, it's, it's a vibe. Um, yeah. Just go for the click. <laughs> go for the click. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've got uh, three people yesterday that took advantage of the offer yeah. and joined Masters and it's going to be getting into uh, uh, the wholesaling workshop. So um, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but like if you're going to do it, <laughs> it's like, what, what, what more do you want? You know what I mean? Like what yeah. more do you want? It's the most, it is, it is the most affordable mentorship program in Canada. It has more than any other mentorship program as far as content and value. There's no, like no one that no one can touch it. I, I know I've, I've checked. Uh, you get us and you get a free wholesaling workshop in person. Um, so if, if some, if anyone doesn't join, like even if they don't join gap, I don't, I'm not really bothered by it because that just must mean that you've got it all figured out. You don't need it. Hallelujah. Sorry, that sounded really <laughs> cocky. But it, like, it's it's the truth. Like, it's it's everything you need. It's everything you need and more. Um, if if you want to be a successful real estate investor, and you need mentorship. That's we we put everything that we can possibly put into it. Mm -hmm. um, and then all that's left is just you, you and and taking a little bit of action, making a few decisions, and uh, stepping outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, that's uh, that's that. Oh, one other thing uh, that uh, came up a, a couple times yesterday was yes, we do have payment plans. Yes. Um, so if you if you don't have the full funds and you're like, oh shoot, I can't join, um, we do have payment plans. Just reach out and uh, and we'll work with you to to find something that works for sure. Okay, sound good. Awesome. Okie dokie. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Liam just uh, sneaked in the back. Hola, Liam. Good morning, Liam. Okay. So, uh, Taylor's question. So Taylor wanted to talk about, um, pros and cons of living, uh, either within the same complex or nearby your rental properties. So basically living in the same vicin vicinity of your tenants, um, which we kind of touched on last week or yesterday or whenever it was, um, the possibility of say, you know, if you have a suited property, a lot of people have, um, have mortgage helpers, they live on the main floor or the basement and have tenants live in the other suite. So that is a very common situation of landlords living with their tenants, not mm -hmm. with, but <laughs> amongst. Yeah. Um, and then other possibilities such as say, 
a fourplex where, you know, you wanted to get in with less, less than 20% and you live in one of the units and um, you have three other tenants living oh, side uh, by fact side. Check, fact check. I got fact checked yesterday by Jer- Jeremy. Yeah. Um, fourplexes are 10%. 10%? Okay. Yeah. Um, Still awesome Anything with deal. a secondary suite duplex um, is 5%. Fourplexes are 10%. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, pros? In those situations where it's literally attached and you can get in for less than 20% down, massive pro. Yeah. That's a huge pro. Yeah. Um, And that's usually why people do it is to be able to stretch their funds, um, house hack if you if you might. Yeah. Um, So very common for people who are who don't have a a crap load of tons funds to just go buy rental properties at 20% down. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most common reason why somebody would do that. Yeah. Math for a sec. Like if you can, if you can buy a fourplex for 10% down, as opposed to 20% down, you just doubled your ROI on your investment. Yeah. Right. Your, cause your, your revenue, your, your income, sorry, your income stays the same. Um, your return, sorry, let's, let's just call it for what your return stays the same. But your investment is decreased by fifty percent, so your your ROI percentage um, doubles by putting half the money down. So I mean, yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a huge win to double yeah. double your return or your ROI. Yeah. Um. So some of the the downfalls in those situations. Oh yeah, that's the only that's the only pro. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say actually, like There's I couldn't no think of other, anything else, so yeah. I just went straight into the the negatives. This is a negative one. <laughs> this is one of those. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like that, that could be the only pro you need. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's it's a pretty damn good one. So I would say that if that's your situation where you can only um, afford to put 5% down on a suited property or 10% on a fourplex, whatever it is, that it's worth it to get into owning property and, and having that mortgage helper and getting it starting to, to invest right mm-hmm. so i think that that's worth it in itself mm-hmm. um but there are some things that you need to know and that is that um it's really hard to be a landlord living amongst your tenants um, because they have constant access to you and it's hard to um it's hard to kind of keep that authority if for lack of better words, you know, no, you are their landlord, they are paying you rent, you there's a business relationship there that um, shouldn't, shouldn't be, f- I don't want to say shouldn't be friendly, like f- uh, the definition of friendly, I think that you those relationships set, should be friendly, yeah. but not, um, it, it gets a little closer. <laughs> if you're coming in from the bar at 3.30 in the morning, Sorry, now I'm being a dick. <laughs> if you're coming in late from the bar and and your tenants out there at just having a smoke and just like, hey, morning. And, and you're like, morning. <laughs> and you don't want to talk. You just want to go to bed. And they're like, oh, late night, huh? Uh, by the way, uh, I, um, I, I'll get rent to you. Probably, it probably won't be first thing in the morning on the first, but maybe maybe around seven or eight o'clock. Um, just, just so if you don't see the, you know, the transfer coming through, I'm just, I'm just waiting on someone to pay me back. So I just want to let you know. And you're like, okay. And then like you go and you go into your unit and then, and then, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you kind of, how do you, how do you keep email communications <laughs> <laughs> when, when they're catching you at three 30 in the morning when you're coming home from the bar? Like it's, it's like, it's, it's a huge conflict of, um, I don't know. Like Gabby said, you want to maintain authority. You, they, they are paying you to rent the place and it shouldn't, I, I've, I've, I've heard so many people say like, oh my gosh, I have an amazing relationship. I always go over for dinner at my tenant's place. I'm like, that's not a fucking business. That's renting to your friends. Like if you if you want to be successful, and you can get away with it for a couple properties, but what happens when like when they don't do what they're supposed to do, and you need to put the hammer down, mm-hmm. put your foot down? Like you need to be able to treat it like a business. Well, at that point, you start not making sound decisions. You start going like, oh, you know, this is really awkward. I don't want to. What Maybe I'll just. Maybe I'll I'll do it kind of this way in, instead of what the business way is, right? But you know, I think that we're I think 
we're getting into like the specifics of what could happen if you know in in those uh, well we're painting a picture yeah i guess so um but i think like ultimately you have a decision of if you want to if you want and taylor kind of um hinted at this that you have a decision of if you want to be the landlord who is living next door or if you want to appear to be a tenant and have the properties uh, property managed by by a, a management company so that they don't know you own the place they don't anything like as far as they're concerned you're just a tenant they're probably going to talk shit about their landlord to you mm-hmm. <laughs> and that sort of thing so um i don't know i think the other thing with living above or below or beside is that um you know it's inevitable that you're going to start demonizing each other about the noise, you know, coming from upstairs or coming from downstairs and that sort of thing. And, you know, that's hard enough, like when you're dealing with tenants, but then when one is a landlord or one is like, whatever, it's like heightened emotion, I think. Move your fucking car. Yeah. So it's just like it, it's, it can be tough if you don't pick the right people. I think ultimately that, um, if you are, extra diligent and you'll wait three months vacancy to find that perfect person to put in there you mean like the single hermit who doesn't say a word yeah that it that it can work out really well but (sighs) if if you're just willy-nilly you know just like getting it filled then you're probably gonna have problems so that that kind of covers the upstairs downstairs duplex suited house kind of you know scenario maybe even the fourplex scenario if you living in there um the second part to taylor's question was um living near your rental properties buying near your rental properties and like i don't really see much of a financial upside to that um i mean don't have to drive as far to check on them (laughs) don't have to drive as far to check on them. Um, however, I think the fact that we're far away from our rentals or a lot of them actually lets us sleep at night, helps us sleep at night because <laughs> guess what? I used to drive by our rentals on my way home from work. It was a fucking terrible idea. They haven't fucking mowed the lawn. This sh- this, guess what? The snow isn't shoveled. doesn't matter how many times you tell them and you're going to drive by and you're going to notice it's not shoveled. And yeah, no complaints have been made, but you're going to email them and be like, hey, I've told you 12 freaking times since the beginning of winter, you need to shovel. Yeah, I know, but it's like... Are you spying on me? Well, there's that. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but it's like it's packed down and I can't scrape it. I tried by getting a scraper, but the scraper doesn't really do it. So I threw down a bunch of salt and I'm just kind of waiting for... I'm waiting for a warm day to like get the salt and the scraper and then I'm going to scrape it all off. And then you're going to be like, well, no, you need to clear it. Because if someone slips on that, I'm the one that's liable. So no, you need to clear it. Otherwise, I'm going to pay someone to clear it. And then I'm going to charge you for it. It's better not knowing. (laughs) Honestly, and it doesn't matter how many rules you put in place and all these, you know, all the things that are in your lease. Like most times, tenants aren't going to do it. And you got to pick your battles. And... Just think about it. The alternative is you never drive by, you never know, no one ever complains and you get the rent every month and then they move out in 24 months from now. And that just sounds so much better. (laughs) And I just came to that conclusion or that decision that that is a better approach. Um, uh, God, give me the strength to, um, to, to <laughs> oh, I'm really you can, tired. I'm you really can never tired. remember it just on its own, though. You always have to look it up. <laughs> Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdoms to know the difference. Um, for some reason, I always, I always mess it up. I always mess up the first line. Um, and uh, uh, that's just the decision I decided to make. Is that man, like we we'll get an email from a tenant and then we'll find something out like, Oh, did you know the other tenant downstairs is doing this? And then suddenly I'm like, that consumes me for the whole day. And then I'm like, okay, I need to go down there and look at it. I'm like, how bad is this? Um, like I, I want to know if something bad is going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Thankfully I got that piece of information, but otherwise like 
long as the rent is coming in, I'm kind of okay. Mm -hmm. And like, there's nothing I can, like, let's say they punched a hole in the wall. Am I going to evict them? Doesn't change anything. I mean, like, are they they planning on punching another hole in the wall? It's going to get fixed later on anyways, right? As long as there isn't like, is, was it was it an isolated incident or was it a you know is it a a, a repeat you know like is this going to be a repetitive thing, a reoccurring thing? So, I I I don't like living close to properties. I don't. I think it's I think it's terrible because what ends up happening is you drive by, and it's it's easy to go and swing by. And then same thing. It's like um, if something's broken, um, you're like oh, I'll just swing by there on the way home. No, I honestly really think you should hire someone to do it you got to treat it like a business and that's that's what i'm coming back to again is that you have to treat this like a business and you know if you're an owner and you're going and 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 fixing things at your business i mean you're not focusing on what you should be focusing on Mm -hmm. and sure i know you only got one or two or three properties and you're like oh like i could save three hundred dollars but if you're a good owner if you're a good ceo you should be buying more properties you should be putting all of your energy into doing what needs to be done to grow this business to to scale it to get it to where you want to be in life you do not you you want to be working on your business you don't want to be working in your business um so that that's a long answer to to why i think you shouldn't and and yeah and and a lot of a lot of the answers that we provide are are that right there is that you should be working on your business and not in your business. So if you get the same answers, you know, repeatedly every day, it's just because that's why. We made a decision. We built a system. We made a decision about our business. And therefore, all micro, that, that's a macro decision, a big decision. And then all micro decisions just apply to that, right? We refer to that. No, I don't do that because I, this is the way that we run our business, right? <laughs> so... Um, if you're new and starting out and you don't have much money and you want to get the best return on your investment, sure, buy do a fort. Do it. You know what I mean? Like if it helps you get um, off the ground because you don't have enough money to get started and it helps you, it helps catapult you, it gives you a big slap in the butt, you know, as far as like momentum for your business, then do it. Um, Long term, I would say, you know, make you should also, while you're doing that, come up with an exit strategy out of that. And don't just stay there forever. Like you should be like, okay, I'm going to do this because it's going to enable me to have this. It's going to give me the momentum to do this. And then I will get out of it at this date, right? Have a good plan. Build a good roadmap. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. I agree. Yeah. Awesome. She says, thank you both. Appreciate the insight. Um, uh, Garrett had a question a little bit earlier. He said, how do you find properties that aren't in areas with frequent gunshots? <laughs> you know the city you're investing in. <laughs> Did Are you experiencing some issues at your renovation? <laughs> yeah, keep an eye on the comments. Let me know. Okay. Um, he says, um, Abbotsfield. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of similar to what I just said uh, a few minutes ago. Um, You know, you got to do what you got to do to to get off the ground. Um, The area is, uh, is, is hit or miss um, in Edmonton. But like he said in the comments here, a hell of a deal though. Yeah. And and I know the complex that you're looking at. I've actually been there. I checked out a couple of properties there. It's um it's a good complex, but yeah, it's um unfortunately the area is a little yeah. Um ultimately as an investor, you have to make a decision and you need to know where you're at in your journey. And you know, we've talked about it before where you need to decide like do you want a hell of a deal? Um, but you're going to attract a less desirable tenant and you'll probably have a few more issues to deal with and a, and a few more vacancies to deal with along the way. Or do you want to spend more money, have your money stretch not as far and buy more expensive properties in better areas and ultimately have a better tenant profile and less vacancies, less issues to deal with along the way? 
And I think it just comes down to your tolerance as well as, like I said, where you're at in your journey. And sometimes you need to start there to end up in better places. Mm -hmm. Um, or you need to make the decision that that's not how you want to start your journey and you would rather wait until you can afford more and deal with not as fantastic deals. So those are, are just personal decisions you have to make. I know the question was, how do you find, but like, obviously you can find a property anywhere. You can purchase a property in literally any neighborhood you want. You just need to have the funds to do it and find, you know, a deal that makes sense. So I, I don't think it's, it's how do you find it's what is your, what's your tolerance? What's your situation? Yeah. Um, oh, hang on a second. Okay. Uh, well, as I was, as, as we were talking about that, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, okay, well, if, because it's in Edmonton and you're not familiar with it, I was going to recommend the Edmonton uh, crime map. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like it's been down. Uh, and it just went back up today. There's an article. No, that was last year. Um, for some reason, I, I, the, the website's down. Let's see if I can get this thing open. Um, there's, there's, uh, if you Google Edmonton crime map, uh, it's basically a map of the city that, uh, goes over all the statistics, all the data of every crime, homicide, robbery, drug violations, violence, uh, assaults, break and enters, garage break and enters, um, all those types of things. So, oh, maybe it's here. Let's see if this works. Yes, perfect. Um, a little difficult to find for some reason, but uh, holy shit, that's a lot of crime. <laughs> in see Abbotsfield those, or see, in Edmonton? No, just Edmonton in general. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to Abbotsfield. I'm going to let you know what happened last night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it doesn't update that quickly, but it's like I said, it's kind of like a Google map type thing and you can zoom in and you can see, uh, the different types of crimes that have happened and it will tell you when it happened. So I'm just pulling one up here. Um, click here for more information. Okay. Uh, okay. So mischief and graffiti, general disorder, personal violence. Maybe that one's gunshot. Um, February 14th, Valentine's day. There was a robbery, a personal robbery. Um, in let's see here. Uh, I'm probably not making Jackie feel very good. (laughs) Um, uh, on, uh, November 29th, 2022, there was mischief graffiti. Uh, mischief graffiti in October 21st, uh, January 12th, there was theft under 5,000. Yeah. So you can, um, honestly, like, I feel like you could be talking about literally any neighborhood. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's exactly it. (laughs) Like we live in a brand new, like neighborhood within the last 10 years, it's still developing. And I'm sure we would find those exact same things here. The amount of like car thefts and like that kind of stuff that happens is all the time. Well, so I remember, uh, uh, sorry, side story, but like I remember um, years ago we had, uh, we had um, in the middle of the night, I heard something. Our dog did. Our dog was, yeah. she's, she's going to, okay. Jack woke, woke us up. Okay. And um, I heard something. And so I got up and looked out our back door slash window, which looked in the backyard. And sure enough, there was a guy there um, trying to get into our garage. Scared the fucking shit out of me because you don't know if you're awake or not awake. Mm-hmm. And so um, that there kind of fucked with my sleep yeah. for like a long time. Where like every time I heard like a fly, I jumped up and I ran to the back door because I thought someone was trying to break into our garage again. Um, but anyways, I, I started looking at like the um, the crime map to kind of learn more about it. And I thought, oh man, it's just my area. It's just my neighborhood that like, you know, if I leave my car unlocked, you know, someone's going to go in and, and take my sunglasses or if, you know, if there's always people breaking the garages. But I, what I learned through the, like looking at the crime map is like literally every 
fucking neighborhood has garage break-ins like every night or like vehicle break-ins every night. I'm looking at the map right now. It's ridiculous across the city. So it, it doesn't matter what, what, what neighborhood you're in, what street you're on, even in the best neighborhoods, I am currently looking at, you know, Windermere, the Hamptons. There's actually more, some of these newer neighborhoods, they actually have more than like the mill woods and the, and the North sides. Um, there's 85 right here in, uh, in, in, in Rutherford in one little pocket. It looks like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So anyways, um, I mean, most neighborhoods don't have gunshots. Uh, so the the pocket you're in there is, is, you know, a little, it's more probable, but, um, you know, make sure that when you're, you know, buying an investment property to, to ask the locals, check out the crime map first, right. To kind of, if for Edmonton at least, or if you've got something for your city. Um, but I would ask the locals before you go and just jump on an amazing opportunity. Um, I'm speaking to everyone. I, I would recommend, you know, um, finding a group for, you know, that city's investors or going up to a local networking event and, and, you know, saying, Hey, I'm not going to bug you on like what city, what neighborhoods I should be investing in, but can you give me a heads up on what neighborhoods I shouldn't? And they'll be like, oh, definitely stay away from here, stay away from here, stay away from here. And every city's got that little area, right? Every little city's got that pocket yeah. or pockets, right? Yeah. And that's um, that's just something that you need to decide as an investor. Like, you know, we talk about how Edmonton is like, is one of those places where like the house prices have just been so steady for so long. And that, you know, besides the rising interest rates lately, it's like one of the only places that you can really find cash flow. And so that's why so many people invest here, but you need to know the city that you're investing in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like Edmonton is a major hub. It's a, it's a major city and there's going to be lots of crime. I don't know, you know, like there's um, there's a website actually where like you can look at, you know, cities around the province and it'll tell you um, the the crime percentage against the provincial average. So you can see like, oh, the city's really high in crime versus this one's really low in crime. And you can decide to invest that way if you want. But what are the markets where there's really low crime? Is there industry? Is there, you know, like, is it a good sound long term investment? Or is it just this like little sleeper town? You know, you need to make those decisions for yourself. And any major hub where you're going to just be able to find like good centers where there's going to be tons of t renters and like all those types of things, there's probably going to be more crime. So you you just as an investor, you just need to know these things and make those decisions. And, you know, I think of like our property in the worst area that I can think of, like out of all of our, out of all of our rental properties. Um, do I sometimes regret purchasing it? Yeah. Is it a really great cash flowing property? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, do we deal with more shit than our other properties? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a decision that we made. We decided we're going to purchase this property. It's a killer deal. It's going to cash flow like crazy. We know we're probably going to have a little bit more issues, a little more vacancy, but we decided we were going to do it. And so we live with that decision and we collect, happily collect the cash flow every month and curse the issues that we have to deal with. Yeah. It's just part of that property. So one day, will we maybe decide to sell it? Yeah, somewhere down the line, you know, but it for now it's just it's just what it is the cash flow is a good band-aid yeah um cody says here that the rcmp has the same map for rural, rural towns and cities mm -hmm. i was not aware of that i'm gonna have to look into that um yeah. and uh johnny made a really good point as well he says i think townhouses townhouse complexes all bring in a lower tenant profile. Mm -hmm. He said, try More not affordable. to buy too close to townhouse or apartment complexes. Too many people in the, in one area. That's a very good point. And again, we're speaking generally. So please, you know, try not to take too much offense to this, but generally speaking, you know, your realtor is going to let you know this too, that like, it, you know, if you got an amazing deal, even on a single family house and it's right next to, you know, three apartment buildings, the value is not going to be there. And maybe the value is, but the desirability will not be there. Yeah. 
because in areas where the living expenses, uh, sorry, the cost of living is is more affordable, it will draw a lower tenant profile mm-hmm. or a less desirable tenant profile and or just a neighborhood profile as well. Yeah. It's, it's just the way that it is. It's not like guaranteed, but more probable. So if you're buying a rental property right next to it, you're going to have, you're more likely to have issues. And also you are, um, the desire because of that and people knowing and thinking that the desirability for your property, if you're planning on selling it will go down as well, which will ultimately affect your price. Your value might be there when you list it. However, what you sell it for will also be affected. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a very good point. Um, we were looking at a property an extremely, I was, sorry, an extremely discounted property and had some issues, but like I was not intimidated by the issues. What I was intimidated by was the fact that it was like the only house on a corner in between like three apartment buildings. Mm. And like there was no other houses around it. It was just like, it was the weirdest location. And it was like one block off of the main road as well. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, it doesn't matter how much, how cheap this house is. It's not going to sell mm-hmm. and no one's going to rent it. So we ended up, I ended up walking away from it, but same thing. Like you got to take that stuff into consideration. Yeah. 100%. So. Um, and a few people had mentioned that uh, you would think that the crime map would be biased um, because not all crime that happens is reported. So in upper class neighborhoods, you probably have more reported crime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that's that's a that's yeah. a good point as well. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had some other questions that came in. Uh, so hopefully that helps. Uh, I don't know if it helps or not. I mean, we're not. Sorry, Garrett. We're not stopping gunshots for you. It's, it's <laughs> not much we can do on that one, but. Uh, uh, remind me, is that, I, I, I keep forgetting that one's a burr, right? Yes. Okay. So it will be a rental property. I don't think it'll be the end of the world. I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I kind of similar to the, the example you just gave of our property. It's yeah. not ideal, but, mm-hmm. um, you're not living there. <laughs> Yeah, somebody's somebody's willing to live in the neighborhood and pay the rent and that type of thing, and it's it's what they need to deal with. And you know, if they can afford more, they probably won't decide to live in that neighborhood. It's just the circle of life, not the circle of life, but the it's is, life. <laughs> is that what the Lion King was about? <laughs> There's no circle. It's just is life. <laughs> this is life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyways, can we change topics? Because I'm digging a hole. It, I hate that we have to like be cautious of what we say because we might offend one person out of a thousand. I hate it. It it's and it's even harder when it's six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate that sometimes, some not very often, but sometimes I get a message from someone saying, "Hey, I didn't really like the way you said that." And I'm like, "Okay, like I don't I don't mean to hurt people's feelings, mm-hmm. but." from a business perspective, what I'm doing is I'm taking data and I'm making financial decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is not our personal feelings. It's just, it's t- taking what we know to and, and making decisions for our business and trying to help others. What we do every morning is we try and take that same information and we try and help others make decisions. Mm-hmm. The decisions that you make are entirely up to you. But if you, you know, people are coming to us for guidance every morning. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to sugarcoat and give basic answers because we could have just laughed at his question, and been like, "Oh well, just make sure you do your diligence." Mm-hmm. I could have given you that answer, which is what every other you know educator in Canada will give you. They'll give you that dumb default: make sure to do your diligence. But. So at the risk of us potentially, you know, saying the wrong word 
or be, being misinterpreted, I think you're okay, Gab. Okay. Just remember that this is just business. That's all it is. It's not personal. Um, okay, let's get to those other questions. Uh, okay, let's, let's let's stick with Alan first because it it's kind of stays on the tenant slash rental thing. Um, hi, Gabby and Wayne. It's Alan. Hi, hi, Alan. Um, <laughs> uh, question: a Tenant is a certified electrician. Will you let him fix electrical issues around the house for free if he insists? For example, an outlet that doesn't work. Do you foresee any potential issues in the future? Um, it's tough because it's tempting. Hey, okay? mm-hmm. um, my answer though is no. I don't let them. Um, if there's certain things where it's like uh, the, I'm trying to think of something. These the dishwasher wasn't working and I replaced the uh, 20 piece filter uh, gasket that I don't know. I can't think of the terminology. Tenants tenants are required to do general like basic like upkeep and maintenance. You know what I mean? Like um, replacing batteries, light bulbs, that kind of stuff and anything that they can fix. Like the sink was leaking. I tightened the piece underneath. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like that kind of stuff, yes, power to you, please do. It's your responsibility. I feel like an electrician, if the, if the outlet wasn't working, then, you know, just go down, grab the $2 outlet from Home Depot and just, you know, take it off, put it back on. You know what I mean? Like, or, or maybe the connection, you know, wasn't all that well. So I took it off and I just kind of tightened it a little bit. Like, that's fine. And see, I'm like. If they're doing work on the panel, not (laughs) fine. Okay, I don't and see like I don't even like I wouldn't even want somebody to replace like an an actual outlet because if the connection isn't proper, isn't good, they just half assed it, like that can be a fire hazard. And so I'm on the no because of that. I know that they're experienced and all that kind of stuff, but the other side of it and why I'm a passionate no on it is is beyond the if they do it right or wrong. That's like, let's forget about that. Where I have trouble is that if anything goes bad in the tenancy, they start to use that shit against you. I did all these things for them and didn't even charge them. And they owe me this many hours worth of labor that I put into this property and that sort of thing. That sort of stuff starts being used against you. And they didn't fix anything. I had to do this and I had to do that. And they didn't even come around and that sort of thing. No matter what the narrative is, it's, it'll be used against you if anything goes south. It, it'll, it'll, they'll bring it up, but they have, they have no, they have no, like, if you ever went to a landlord tenant court or like, you know, in Edmonton, the RTDRS, they, it, they won't win. It won't be like they never fixed anything, so I had to fix it. Well, technically, they're not supposed to. Like the the uh, the the mediator is not going to uh, make a judgment in their favor to recoup the cost of re- repairs because technically they're not supposed to, mm-hmm. right? So you're okay in that sense. But I think what Gabby's mentioning is that it um, it complicates the relationship. Yeah. And how do you keep a business relationship? um of landlord and tenant when you're like oh yeah sure cool yeah just yeah just just send me a receipt and I'll and I'll and I'll reimburse you type thing um and that like Gabby said that it, what ends up happening is, is they they use that against you like oh I did all the repairs in this house this guy's a fucking lazy bum never comes around here I have to do all the repairs I didn't even charge him for 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 fixing this thing over here I could have charged $80 an hour that's kind of what ends up happening so I mean my my answer normally would just be I, I guess what I was saying earlier Gabby is that like if he did it I don't give a shit you know what I mean thank you I, like that shows initiative I'm like if he if he replaced it and didn't say anything or replace it and sent us an email said hey I replaced this I'm not gonna not gonna say much but if he asks i'm gonna be like hey man like no we'd like to use our guys use our guys we'll keep things separate it's not your responsibility don't worry about that kind of stuff so when you got an issue just let us know uh email us and we will send the guy out not a problem you you shouldn't have to do that and that's the approach that we have so that so that that way it stays professional right 
Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, Brandy here in the comments says, uh, don't do it. Um, we just had a tenant fix a few things. Now he's trying to sue us for the work. Well, as I mentioned a second ago, they can't. They can't do that because you never agreed to it. So, um, but uh, Brandy's comment further down, I don't know where you're at in the comments because I didn't see that, but um, her comment further down is RTDRS kicked our claim to civil court as soon as our tenant claimed that we owed him money. Now it will be months before we get a court date to get the tenant out. Uh, and like, don't know the details, so can't speak super specifically to mm -hmm. why that might have been. Um, but whether the tenant owes you money or you owe the tenant money, it should be handled within the RTDRS. Um, so it might have been something specific that happened or, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, I would say no. If you want the fast answer, I'd say no. Just, yeah. just politely be like, hey, you know, sorry, man, that's, that's, not, that's not your responsibility. I'm not going to make you do that. So anytime you got something like that, just send us an email. We'll send someone out. And, um, and just, and you can even say, like, I, I, at the same time, I also don't want to complicate the tenancy. I don't want you doing things. And then, you know, I don't want it to affect our relationship. So it's just much easier if we keep that stuff separate. And um, I know how tempting it can be. You're like, oh, my God, I'm right here. I've got the, the flathead screwdriver. I can totally do this. But just that's just our policy. And we just keep it that way because we've had issues in the past where like I complicated the relationship because someone said, well, no, I want to be charged for this. And just long story short, the reason why we have that policy now is just to maintain the relationship. We don't want, you know, the possibility of of an argument. And we want to make sure you stay happy and you have a great place to live. And that's all. I think if you explain it that way and just let them affirm no, but just let them letting them know why and, and what's at stake, mm -hmm. they shouldn't have any problems with that. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's why you need to keep the authority as well, because when you say something, it should be understood. Yeah. Right? Because that's the rules. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Was there any more comments on that? Um... That sucks with having your art with having your uh, your claim go to civil court, mm -hmm. especially if they owe money. That's that's a long process. I'm sorry to hear that. And it's a little uh, civil court like um, is a little more complicated. You know what I mean? It's a little more like it's intimidating. Yeah, because you're not just sitting at a you know at a round table anymore with a mediator or a long table. Now you're in you know you have you have a hearing and it's in a courtroom and before a judge and they're like the honorary now such, rise now yeah. rise and you're like fuck do i rise do i not rise do i take my hat off yeah do i bow <laughs> i don't know what the fuck to do all i've ever seen is judge judy like i don't know what the shit like is going on in this like your majesty yeah <laughs> are you a lord i don't know <laughs> it's de it's definitely a different ball game we know that from experience yeah, yeah, we went once and I was like, I didn't know what the fuck to do. I'm like, yeah. do I speak? Do I not? like? And then like, so we had someone helping us and like, I didn't know if like they were saying something, but the information was not accurate. And I'm like, I need to correct them. Do I speak up? Do I raise my hand? Yeah. <laughs> Am I allowed to? <laughs> um, yeah. It's do I like, have permission to speak? Yeah. Yeah. So, you, well, what ends up happening is you're gonna have to hire someone because like you don't know the proper process. Yeah. Unless, of course, you want to do all the research about like how the whole process works which is just as much you might as well just hire someone anyways i guess I'm, what i'm saying is i'm sorry yeah that's uh that's terrible i'm real sorry brandy um so kyle i had to it was rude you cut me off <laughs> i was trying to get it in <laughs> Um, Kyle says, I had that happen years ago, renting to a carpenter who wanted a fence for his dog. He said he'd build it if I bought the material, then sent me an invoice for his labor. We agreed prior that if he wanted the fence, building it would be in his own time. Yeah. So could have been a valid misunderstanding that he didn't, he didn't hear what you were saying, or could just be D-bag. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So you don't you don't want to be in those situations where people misinterpret or they take advantage of you or whatever it may be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if they don't do it right, you know, even if he didn't even if he didn't charge you the labor, 
But if he didn't do it right, and now you're left with, you know, you paid for those materials, and now you have something that needs to be redone, what position are you in now? You can't charge him for doing a bad job. You trusted him. Mm-hmm. So, it yeah, just complicates things. Keep it simple. Kiss. Absolutely. Stupid. <laughs> um, okay, so one last question here from uh, Philip, and then uh, that'll be the show. Uh, how to how do you eval- evaluate private lenders and what fine print items to look out for? Okay. Um, so for private lenders, just like if you are a private lender and you are trying to evaluate a someone to lend to, you got to do your diligence. Okay, that's a wrap. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> if I gave an answer like that? I like that's frustrating. Yeah, that's really frustrating. Now you better have some gold. No, not really, <laughs> not so much. I mean, so part of that diligence is I. I mean, like I'm not too concerned about. I've heard some people say before you should do a criminal record check on 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 your lenders. Like, well, if they've already given you the money, like, are, what are you concerned about the the origin of the money? But like, if if they're doing any any large transactions that go through a lawyer or a professional, um, they have to sign up. They have to send FinTrack, so they have to show documentation for large um, money transactions. Um, so, like, if it is you know, um, linked to terrorism or crime, like, or, or drug related, then it's, it's, it like, they have to fill out forms for that, for traceability. So whether your the, the thought or the concern of your, or of your lender being a criminal or having a criminal record, it doesn't really matter because the money's in your hand. It's not like you're going to sign a document and they're going to say that they're going to send you the money and they don't send you the money. Like there's, there's no, there's no downside to that. Right. So, I mean, it's not like they're going to, you're not sending any money to them. Well, that's another thing is definitely do not send money to them to get money. Uh, yes, we'll approve your $200,000 mortgage if you send us $5,000. Um, yes, I'm an Arabian prince. Yes. Wire transfer it to this account. Um, so don't, don't do that. Um, if you're sending application fees, you know, for, for a mortgage, then that's, that's a bit of a red flag. Um, I guess what I'm saying is it's kind of hard to scam someone like that, but what I would do is I would definitely go and, uh, reach out to the community. Um, it's a small community and if they've lent to someone else before, then they, you know, someone knows something and try and see if you can get some information, um, or ask the, the private lender if they have any, if they care sharing who they worked with in the past, just for your diligence and, um, you know, ask those people and then ask, you know, the people that you know and trust if they know those people and just, 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 just ask a few questions. That's all. Um, now the other part of your question or his question was, um, what about the fine print, uh, items that you should be looking for? I think the most important fine print items that you should be looking for are fees uh, with private lending, fees are where they get you. So it's kind of a, I don't know if smoke and mirrors is the right term for it, but it's, they'll say, you know, this is what your average annual rate is, but then they'll throw in a bunch of fees that are like, that are fixed fees. So say for example, they tell you it's 15% per year. And you're like, okay, that's cool. So if it's 15% per year, um, or let's say 12% per year, let's say it's 12% per year. Um, and you're like, okay, cool. That means that it's uh, for every month I use it, it's 1%, right? Cause it's, it's, um, it's, it's fixed interest. So, or it's basic interest. So every month is 1%. So if I'm borrowing $200,000, that means that it's $2,000 a month for every time I, every month I use it. And when I pay it back, that's all I pay, right? And sometimes there's and another thing to look for is is, is the minimum term. Sometimes they have a, a minimum um, term. So it might be on average, it's normally three months. If you only need it for a month, you're still going to pay for three months. 
So you're still going to pay a minimum of $6,000. The fees, you could see like admin fees or lender fees, or sometimes if you call the mortgage broker and the mortgage broker set it up uh, and brokered the deal with a private lender, there's going to be like an admin fee, a broker fee, and a lender fee. And so that 12% is no longer 12% because the 12% was like, let's say you, you, you plan on using the money for uh, three months. Um, 12% for $200,000 for three months is, uh, is $6,000. Okay. You're expecting to pay $6,000 in interest, but the broker is getting a 2% fee. So, that's $4,000 and it doesn't matter how long you use the money, they're getting their $4,000 and the lender has also charged a 1% fee. And so that's $2,000. So instead of paying $6,000 in interest, you've just paid $12,000 in interest. Doubled. It just doubled the money right there just because of the five print. And a lot of people get, blindsided by that where they're like i thought i was only i I did the math it's 12 percent, so one percent per month two hundred thousand dollars that means for the three months i'm going to pay six thousand dollars but then they they look at like their statement of adjustments when they get the money back from their lawyer and they're like why am i six thousand dollars short and they're like oh because the lender fee and the broker fee yeah so you just pay 24 percent interest you just pay 24 percent interest yearly you thought you're paying 12, but you actually paid 24. Yeah. And it just, it sneaks up on you. Yeah. We've walked away from private lending um, opportunities or to borrow from private lenders because what they were asking was absurd. At like, if you can still make it, it doesn't, and I'm not saying like, don't use private lenders because um, private lenders are expensive regardless. Like it's, it's short term, fast money. It's easy to get qualified, really good terms. And, um, it serves its purpose of, you know, short-term financing. Um, so I'm not saying stay away from it. I'm just saying make definitely do read the fine print, do the math, figure out how much you're actually, how much the cost of borrowing is actually going to be. And then ask yourself, is it still make it a good deal? Is my deal still good enough? Um, can I find this money cheaper? No? Okay. Can this deal still work with the cost of borrowing these funds? Yes? Then Then do it. Right. And it all really just depends on making sure that you find the right deal to support it. And if 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 that ruins the deal and it no longer fits, do not force the deal. Just just walk away. Um, two other um, fine print, uh, if you will, items to look out for are early discharge fees, um, which mm-hmm. are kind of the same as minimum or sorry, not even necessarily early, but just discharge fees. Like, are they charging a fee to to end the, the mortgage or the lending? Um, and what was the other one? I had two, I but I can't one. remember. You just work on that. Um, a lot of private lenders will have it that you pay for their legal. And depending on their lawyer, if they have like their, their lawyer and you have to pay for their lawyer, then you're at the mercy of whatever their lawyer charges, Right. And on average, let's say it's $1,500. So you got to pay their lawyer on the front and the back. And you got to pay your own lawyer on the front and on the back. So you're already paying $3,000 in legal for your own lawyer. Now you just add another $3,000 to pay for their lawyer as well. So add that $3,000 under your cost of borrowing. Now you're up to $15,000. I don't even know what that brings your... Well, it should be easy math. It's, it's an extra three thousand. Thirty. Extra twenty five percent. Twenty five percent on top of. Um, twenty five percent on top of twenty five. So uh, an extra thirty percent. Think so. Thirty yeah. percent. <laughs> now your cost of borrowing <laughs> is thirty percent yearly. It, it, yearly average average yearly interest rate. Um, it just kind of sneaks up on you, and, and I see a lot of newer investors kind of fall into that trap um and it i i say i will say that it's borderline unethical 
I'm being nice. Because uh, the way that I see it is that when you say the interest rate is 12% and you don't talk about all these additional costs, like if if I I feel like it's it's the right thing to do is to be like, hey, just heads up though, just make sure you, you're, you're talking to a private lender, you ask them what the cost of borrowing is and they say 12% yearly, but don't worry, it's only like 1% per month for whatever you use it for. Okay, cool. I feel like it's the right thing to do is also be like, hey, just want to let you know as well, keep an eye on the admin fees and you do pay for my legal and there's a lender fee. So that will increase the cost of borrowing, but you know, it's still a good deal. See, that's the right thing to do, but that that rarely happens in my experience. Mm-hmm. I have to actually go look at the fine print myself or I have to go look at the fine print for one of our mentees. Mm-hmm. So um, be cautious of that. Be cautious that there are a lot of really great private lenders out there. And um, Philip, I think I know who you're talking about. Um, and uh, you're in good hands with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, that one's a really good one. Um, so there's some really good ones there. Uh, Renewal fee, that was the thing I was also going to renewal say. Renewal fee, yeah. Is that if you, if you extend and if they agree to, is there going to be a renewal fee? Right. So some of them might just be for like a six month term. And then, you know, maybe you're doing a fix and flip or your burrs taking a little bit longer, you know, for your refinance and you need to extend it. You know, are they going to add a renewal fee on top of that as well? Mm-hmm. You know, there's an extra two grand or three grand or something along those lines that can kind of sneak in on you. Um, okay. Well, anyways, uh, hopefully that's helpful. Um, lots of really great discussions today mm-hmm. all over the place. but. Um, Today is the last day of the month. So we got top fan draw tomorrow morning. Um, you got the names? I do, yeah. Okay, perfect. She's got the the top five um, fans here. And again, a reminder that today is the last day to take advantage of that awesome offer uh, for joining the REI Master's Mentorship Program. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who joins before midnight tonight is going to get free entry into Barry McGuire's wholesaling workshop on March 18th in Calgary as well. So do not... Uh, miss out on that opportunity reimasters.ca to uh, sign up or you can just shoot me a message if you got any questions and that's all have a great tuesday thanks for listening to the real estate investing morning show thank you thank you oh thank you interested in being a guest on the show send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com 